Need a few minutes to reset? Great Minds is a podcast from SBS that guides you through different meditation styles from around the world. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. The Playlist with Ben and Fiona. Whenever we weren't shooting, we were crying or dancing, and I know that sounds like we're crazy people. Welcome to The Playlist, where we talk about movies and TV shows that are worth your time. I'm Fiona Williams, and I manage our online coverage of movies and TV shows here at SBS. I'm flying solo this week, again. Uh, my regular co-host, Ben Nguyen, is recently returned from his trip to the TV market in the south of France. But he'll be back next week with our special guest, John Bohm, to tell you all about it and about all of the great stuff they've been watching. But in the meantime, today we're going to be talking about a new film coming out into Australian cinemas this week, Britney Runs a Marathon. What brings you in today? Uh, I have a hard time focusing. You get enough sleep every night? Drinks on me for this side of the room. How much is enough? Six to eight hours. Oh, way more than that. <laughs> I had a friend. She was prescribed um, Adderall, and now she's very alert. You know, some people abuse Adderall. What? Let's get you healthy. I want you to try losing 55 pounds. That's the weight of a Siberian Husky. You want me to pull a medium-sized working dog off of my body. So Britney Runs a Marathon is kind of a little film that could and did um, because it, it won over crowds at Sundance. In fact, it won the Audience Award there. And it's played some of the film festivals around Australia this year. It played Sydney and Melbourne. And now it's coming out into cinemas this week. And Britney Runs a Marathon is, well... See it and say it. It's about a woman named Brittany who runs a marathon, but uh, it's about a bit, fair bit more than that. It's it's sort of a gentle comedy that is really about trying to reach your goals. Uh, we start with Brittany. She's in her mid twenties, living a party girl life. Uh, goes to the doctor to get some get something to help her focus at work, and she gets a bit of a rude shock when he tells her that she needs to get healthy or she's on a pretty big downward spiral to bad health. So too broke to join a gym and too proud to ask for help, Brittany takes up running, sort of in her dodgy converse sneakers, tries to run a block and after that another block and subsequently sets a goal to run the New York Marathon. I saw Brittany Runs a Marathon at the premiere there at the Ramwick Grits in Sydney and, um, yeah, it had pretty rousing reception to the film. And you can see why it would win an audience award at Sundance. It does leave you... With a bit of a high, you know, you've been watching her journey the whole way through and it does hit some emotional beats that really do land, I think. It, it's a good little motivator, I think, as well. It might make you question <laughs> where you go to eat after the movie maybe or, you know, it, it made me think of my attempts to download the Couch to 5K app and then I switched off the notifications because I <laughs> didn't use it. Um, yeah, it, you know, it, it's just very relatable even if you're not a 27-year-old party girl in New York. It, it can just – it's just really about – getting your life focused. Brittany Runs a Marathon was written by a Paul Downs Colazio, and this is his first film, really. He's, he's been a playwright, but he's made his first feature film. And it stars Gillian Bell, who you may know her from 22 Jump Street and Rough Night. It's a film with Scarlett Johansson. And she tends to play sidekicks, sort of the, the funny larger girl in these comedies. So this is a first lead role for her. So Gillian Bell and Paul Downs Calazzo were in Australia for the premiere of Britney Runs a Marathon just this week and uh, so I sat down and had a lengthy chat with them. Thank you very much for joining us on The Playlist. Thank you. Um, and congratulations on the film. Yeah, Thanks. Um, 
And I guess the obvious place to start. Tell us about Brittany. Who is she? Why do you want to make a movie? She about is my best friend from my 20s. We went to college together. Right now, she's working in genocide prevention and refugee relocation. But back in our 20s, she was um, working for a theater company, Naked Angels Theater, in New York. And she was really driven in a lot of areas, but also other parts of her life were, you know, she wasn't finding as much success as she hoped. And a lot of that had to do with contentment. And we were living together and we were trying to figure out how we could get our lives on track. And she had a, a particularly um, vulnerable uh, sort of breakthrough moment right after I moved in, sort of late at night on the kitchen floor. And we were talking to each other and sort of crying it out. And she went for her first run after that. And uh, I thought this was a movie, so I, I secretly started writing a movie. At what point did you tell her? Months and months later, yeah. And how'd that go down? Obviously okay. Fine, <laughs> I mean, we were, we were in our mid-20s, and, and at that point, nothing I'd written had ever been produced, so there was never a sparkle in our eye that this would ever actually turn into a movie, so it's almost hilarious that it did, because it was just, a, it was just an idea, it was just, I was making something I liked. Um, and Gillian, when did you come on board in, in this um, process? Uh, Paul and I met, uh, gosh, about seven or eight months before we started shooting. I met up with him in Brooklyn, and we met at a cafe, and we were very nervous to meet each other. I was maybe more nervous than you were. I don't know. I really I got the there, role. like, 45 minutes early. You did? I was, like, rearranging the silverware like it mattered. I, I Googled the menu to find out what I would eat. Uh, you know, it was like a bad date that went pretty well. well yeah, well, well I went back to your room at the end, to be honest. <laughs> well, but that We kept the door like propped cheeky. open. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> she needed um, to grab her sweater. I needed to grab my sweater and you stood in the doorway. Yeah, that's right. Well, that was very appropriate, but I, uh, but but we we just sat down and talked about the movie, and then we slowly kind of just opened up about our own personal lives and how we related to this kind of a story and and how it hadn't been told before, and and uh, and from that came uh, uh, this movie. And did you meet the mysterious Brittany? I I did, but I didn't meet her until we started shooting. I I don't like meeting anyone. Um, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> No, she she lives in New York, and I was in LA, and and a lot of the character was was created by this genius to my left, and and it was inspired by her story, but it was more of the sort of the emotional story, is what you've said before. Yeah, right? it's her emotional arc. It was her emotional journey that you know inspired me, and her her the catalyst of her taking on this personal conquest. So the character was written by Paul, and then we kind of came together to collaborate on like who she was. And Paul, back to again, um, you know, first time filmmaker, we're hearing that, you know, not entirely green, but how did you get your film made, really? I had a really bizarre, very blessed, I guess, process of how this happened. I had a play in New York in 2013. Tobe Maguire came to see the play. Then we had a couple of generals, and he asked me, basically, what do you want to do? How can we support you? And I said, I want to make this movie about a friend of mine who got her shit together training for the New York City Marathon. And they said, okay, and they bought it off of that log line. I developed it with them for two to two and a half years. And then I was working in television, and I asked if I could direct the movie, and they said no. And they left the door open a little bit, and I explained to them why I needed to protect the story and the character of Brittany and make sure that people handled this very personal journey in a way that was respectful and had dignity, but also had humor and also had pain. And it was, you know, it's a really fine balance. 
to strike this film because we want to make sure that we're entertaining the audience, but we also want to address some challenging and uncomfortable societal truths. And I didn't want it, the film to go one way or the other. So I really, I directed the film out of what I felt was a necessity to protect the script and, the, and, and Brittany's journey. And Gillian, the film set over a year and a bit, really, isn't it? Um, and, you know, we see you make quite a transformation physically across the film. For people who might think it's like a boyhood, you know, checking in every couple of months to, to shoot the film, how, is there a bit of movie magic in...? in we, um... Yeah, we shot in 28 days, so to match kind of what uh, her journey was and, and actually what ended up being my journey as well because I took on the same physical journey she did, we show my character losing 40 pounds through prosthetics and three different body suits. And... Uh, the shooting at the, at the marathon. I mean, we see some footage of the marathon. Um, how did that go? How did you? How does one shoot at a marathon? And when there are a lot of participants of the marathon. So uh, a member of our production team, Charlie McSpadden, had an in with the New York City Roadrunners, and he, they, he set us up. He set our producers up with. Uh, that team who then read the script and was very supportive of the message and the story that we were telling. And that was the greatest ally we could have for filming this scene. I mean, it's a, there's, you can't, it's not like something you can really easily recreate. Right. So there was a lot of acting as if we were going to shoot the marathon and then everything sort of fell into place. Um, but the day itself was magical. I don't know if you've been to the New York City Marathon or even any big marathon I'm assuming is similar. It's like, it's just pure joy. It's just a bunch of people uh, yelling other strangers' names and supporting them as they like try to prove to themselves that they can do something they set out to do. And we felt that immediately all day. I woke up at 2.30 that morning and danced as hard as I could in my hotel room. And that energy sort of never relented through the, through the day. So we had a, a very small crew with us. We had no sound that day. Uh, and then we recreated the marathon in Brooklyn on three streets with 200 runners. And um, luckily, the exact same weather as Marathon Day and, uh. and just a sense of uh, a spirit of yes, it was, it, was, it was lovely. It was a gift. It's probably like top 10 of my favorite days of my life. Wow. Really. It was unbelievable. Like one is, you know, a moment in my career and, and getting to shoot in the New York City Marathon, which no one gets to do that. And just that energy. I, 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 you can't replicate that. We were looking at actually videos yesterday on your cell phone yes. of the day of the marathon, and it was it, it was just really. We were just dancing. Yeah. Like Whenever we weren't shooting, we were crying or we were dancing, and I know that sounds very uh, like we're crazy people, but it really was um, such a palpable energy. And playing Brittany in in the marathon, what was the day like and interactions with with other runners? People were really in their own zone. You know, I people, you've been training for that long, and you don't care if there's someone with a camera in front of them. And I think people thought we were a documentary or something. And um, at one point, people were kind of helping me as well, which was very sweet to see. But uh, yeah, the whole experience was unbelievable. We had a lot of runners on the crew of the movie, so we, we were very careful with their urging not to screw up anyone else's marathon. We didn't want to get in anyone's way yeah. because we know that like that would be really... Screw up their time. Yeah, and they're working really hard and they don't deserve to have a movie screw that up, so we stayed out of the way as much as we could. Sounds fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, and do, you, do either of you run? Are you runners? It's a complicated question. No Here, I'll answer yes. it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, we both do. I feel like you run more than me now. I run sometimes, but but rarely outside. It's always at Barry's boot camp, and whenever I want to slow down the number on the treadmill, I just think about the fact that I just made a movie called Brittany Runs a Marathon, and I can't do that, so I don't do it. <laughs> I still run. Um, not today. I didn't run today. I can 
tell you that. That's okay. I ate breakfast and I came and did interviews. <laughs> Fair enough. Marathon of her own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it certainly is an endurance test doing junket interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and um, Paul, you know, you come from a play background, sort of the stage. Um, did you have to unlearn anything in moving to directing films? Not necessarily unlearning, but adapting. I mean, my way in, I had no experience in film at all. I'd never been on a film set before. So I had to use the dramatic language that I knew from theater, the, the language of character and tone and style, and translate that into cinematic techniques that I could digest so that I could make choices and track the arc of those. So it's not about unlearning necessarily. It's more about expanding my understanding of drama within certain mediums. And within this medium, the reason this had to be a movie was because it's a very intimate story and those close-ups, I mean, the heart and the soul happens within Jillian's heart and soul and her eyes and you you need to be able to access her and she needed to be able to provide that, which she did beautifully. And also there's a scope to this movie where she's traveling across the city and sort of uh, time and that felt like the broadness of that cinema cinematic experience was necessary too. So really, I was trying to learn how to play with that access that you don't get in theater. In theater, your frame is really one thing, and even if you play with that, it's it, you're not zooming in or zooming out, and I, wanted, I needed to figure out how I was gonna tell this story with the option of being close or far. Yeah, um, and Gillian, this is your first lead in a film. Yes. Yep. What was that like, and sort of, um, you know, the movie kind of lives and dies on our, our buying into your, your journey as Brittany, which yeah, we do, happily. It, um, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but I read the script and I just, I, I called my manager and I said, okay, I'm terrified and, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff here that I've never played before and who knows if I'm going to fail, and, but I, I have to try for it. It's very out of my comfort zone, but I fell in love with the script and I, I desperately wanted to play her. And in the casting broadly, um, it's effortlessly diverse, like the, the cast. So um, was that intentional or, the, yeah, how, how do you sort of approach? Well, the, the, the headline here is it takes place in New York City and I wanted it to feel like New York City. And the other headline is everyone who is the best actor for the job got the part. Uh, so as I was sort of putting together the board and looking at who was taking up which role, I started to see there was this beautiful tapestry of America and the world coming together. And that felt, whether it was subconscious or not, that that played into it, something that felt really exciting and fresh because we wanted this to feel like everyone was represented. It's a movie about sidekicks becoming the leads. It's the story for Brittany. She's becoming this, she's going from being the sidekick in her own story to being the lead of her own story. And we're grounding that sort of archetype we know. And I want to do that for other supporting types as well. And so that's what's happening in the film. Yeah. And other films, sort of like, what are some other films that you maybe use as reference or that um, help inform the, the style of movies that you both want to make, really? Well, for this movie, you know, it was a lot of Rocky meets Coming of Age meets Millennial Woman, you know, with tones that were dramedies. There were Mike Nichols sort of touchstones in there, also Juno, you know, uh, sort of all over the place. As far as what we look to in our futures, for me, it's all over. I'm interested in stuff that elicits empathy, uh, provokes is uh, somehow noisy but also deeply human and makes the audience think. We both are really invested in stories that have a, you know, in theater we call it the third act, which is what what you talk about in the parking lot. Right, yeah. And what about you, Julian? I was just thinking in my head of, like, references. Uh, I'm all over the place. Like, I watch Ordinary People, that film, every time before I write anything because it just is a good reference of 
how simple and understated some moments can be and how powerful they can be. Just sitting in the silences, we've talked about that a lot. But, you know, I'll watch that and then I'll watch Hocus Pocus. I love film. I love anything that makes you feel like you're in a different world or is is something that feels very personal. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm all over the map. I like everything. Well, thank you. I think the time's up. But, okay. Uh, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. So that was Gillian Bell and Paul Downs-Kaleizzo. And Brittany Runs a Marathon is now in cinemas and it's coming to Amazon Prime on the 15th of November. So that's it for this week. As I mentioned, Ben and John will be in next time to talk about their trip to France to the TV market MIPCOM. And they'll be talking about all of the things they watched over there and making us all jealous. But I will not be here for that because I don't want to hear their stories about the south of France TV markets they've been to. (laughs) But coincidentally, I am actually taking a holiday and uh, I'll be off sunning myself in Hawaii. Well, I don't sun myself. I'll be lathered under 30 plus sunscreen. But it's going to be amazing and I'll watch lots of things on the plane to talk about when I get back in a couple of weeks. If you want to tell us what you've been watching, uh, you can get in touch on Twitter and Facebook at SBS Movies. You can find me on Twitter at Anything But Fifi. And while we've got you, uh, if you could give us a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, that'd be great. It helps other people find the show. The playlist is produced by Jeremy Wilmot. Until next time, thanks for listening. Why do people want to be at work? To feel heard, appreciated, part of something, and to know there's a career path for everyone. Inclusive workplaces are linked to increased innovation, productivity, and employee satisfaction. Make your organisation a place where people want to be. For inclusion and diversity training, visit inclusion-program.com.au.